It's good to be with you this morning. God has already been at work among us as we've been worshipping, uh, just enjoying his presence. Uh, what a privilege it is to be together as a body of Christ, as God's family, uh, to, to celebrate all that we share in Christ, all that unifies us in Christ. And I thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, let me pray for a moment for this morning, for this moment right now, I pray that as we look at your word, that you would speak to us. We've been exploring these last couple of weeks the promise of your spirit at work within us, and I pray this morning as we step into this again, as we explore some further dimensions of this together, uh, that you would take us deeper into yourself, deeper into your presence, uh, give us confidence this morning to trust you and to trust that these promises, that um, these, these, these blessings, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus that Paul speaks about in Ephesians 1, that we would know those and experience them and walk in them together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So John 15, we're going to look at this again. We're going to explore just a couple of other elements that we didn't dig into last week. Um, I got into two points of my three-point sermon last Sunday, and we're just going to do the last one today. So John 15, let me read from, uh, starting at verse 3. You are already clean, Jesus says, because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command." I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Lord Jesus, thank you for this word. In your precious name, amen. So friends, over these last few weeks, last couple of weeks, we've been looking together about what it means to walk in the Spirit, what it means to walk in the Spirit. How can we be naturally supernatural? How can this be the overflow of our ordinary daily lives? That's what we've been exploring. Now, since I believe that God wants all of us, every single one of us, to experience uh, this fellowship that we've been promised in the Holy Spirit, this fellowship with the Father and the Son, 
I think that's a promise that is available to everyone who believes. I really want to, to kind of discover and explore and step into how we might grow in that and walk in that and keep in step with the Spirit, as Paul says in Galatians 5. So how do we step into these things? Now, there are two elements to this that we explored last week. Does anyone know what the first two are? F words? Uh, does anyone know what they were? first one was... Faith, absolutely. So the position we need to take as God's children is not to think, oh gosh, if only I can be good enough, then maybe these things will be available to me. If I can be righteous enough, then maybe these things will be available to me. You know, or if I'm one of the special chosen ones, then maybe these things will be available to me. No, that's not the position we take as God's children. As God's children, as dearly loved children, adopted sons and daughters, heirs of the kingdom. We've been sealed, all of us, with the promise of the Holy Spirit, and we've been given the Holy Spirit, in fact, Paul says, as a kind of engagement ring, a promise of what is to come later. That is for everyone, this promise of the Holy Spirit, which is the first fruits of what we'll see one day, all of us, with our eyes when Christ returns and renews all things we've been singing about this morning. Jesus will renew all things, is in the process of renewing all things. And that work is the work of the Spirit in us and through us. And that promise is like an engagement ring. We've been engaged to a future promise. And the Spirit is the down payment, the first fruits of that promise. And so it's available to all of us, not just the special ones, not just the, uh, the worthy that would make it all about works of the law. Instead, it's, it's entered into by faith. So we receive these things by faith. We believe into them together. We say yes to these promises. That's what we did last week, right? Yes and amen. So this is available to you. The Spirit is available to you. And what will the Spirit do? He will guide you. He will teach you all things. He will lead you into all truth. He'll reveal Christ to you, Uh, he will comfort you, and he will empower you for ministry to do the works of Jesus in the world. Okay, so that was the first one, faith. What was the second one? Does anyone remember? Number two, friendship, absolutely. So the dynamic of our relationship with Christ in his kingdom is one of friendship. Jesus says that here in John 15, that we're not servants, we're not slaves, we are friends. And that friendship is revealed by the fact that in Christ, we're brought into, Jesus says, the master's business. We're we're brought into the counsel of God's will. In other words, God shares with us what he's up to. And that's the privilege of being a son or a daughter rather than a servant or a slave, is that sons and daughters get to know what the father is up to, what what their dad is doing, whereas servants and slaves don't. That promise, incredible promise in Hebrews 4, that as God's children, we can come into God's throne room with boldness at any time to ask for help when we need it, right? This is the kind of access we have as God's children. We don't have to go through all of the steps that the Israelites had to in order to approach God's presence. We're invited in because of the blood of Christ. You know, the incredible symbol uh, at the moment that Jesus died when the temple curtain was torn in two, symbolizing that the things that once separated us from the presence of God have been removed so that in Christ and in his, uh, through his blood, uh, by his death, when we accept that and we receive that, 
we're able to now enter into God's presence at any time as beloved children, not as servants or slaves, but as children. And so that means God wants to share with us and wants to share with you his will. He wants to tell you what he's doing. He wants to show you what he's up to. And this was the mode of Jesus' own life, wasn't it? He said, I only do that which I see the Father doing. And so Jesus' model of ministry, or Jesus' mo- model of life, was one that he, 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 would, he went each day in the morning to go and pray, to be with his Father, to find out what the Father was up to, and so that he would then do those things. And I think that's the same thing that we're being invited into as well. Um, I think I mentioned this many, many, many months ago, uh, after I'd, not long after I'd first started here, and I preached on uh, Luke 11, where Jesus teaches on prayer. And do you know that the only question uh, the disciples ever asked Jesus in terms of, of, their, of Jesus teaching them something, the only time we ever have the disciples saying, Jesus, teach us this one specific thing, it wasn't, Lord, teach us how to heal the sick or teach us how to cast out demons or teach us how to lead or teach us how to plant churches or teach us how to be really righteous. What they asked was, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Show us how to pray like you do because we can see that everything you do flows out of that relationship that you enjoy with your Father and we want that too, right? So that's the heart cry of the disciples and that should be our posture as well. Lord, teach us how to pray. Lord, show us how to enter into the Father's presence. Holy Spirit, guide us into uh, those places of encounter with our Father where we can see what He's up to and hear His voice and then respond. Okay, so friendship. Uh, And this is why Jesus says all the way through John 15, I think, if you love me, you will do what I command. It's not because we're servants or slaves, but because we're in a relationship with Jesus that is based on love and friendship, and our response to that love and friendship is obedience. That's our desire. It's not an obligation. It's a joy. It's a desire for us to be obedient to Jesus, which is why he says also in John 15 that as you do these things, my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. Because as we follow Jesus, uh, as we follow his will, as that's the overflow of our love for him, it it builds our joy. It enables us to enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, it is possible, uh, I know many people over the years have asked me, you know, how can I be joyful when I'm also feeling sad or frustrated or angry or disappointed or I'm grieving? And one of the incredible things about joy is that it's not just an emotion, it's actually a foundation upon which the rest of our life is established. And so it's possible, in fact, and those of you who have experienced this will know that this is true, it's actually possible to be in a period of grief but also have joy in the Lord. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You can be sad, but also joyful at the same time, because you know your sadness, it's something you're feeling, it's an emotion you're feeling, and it's real, but you also know that it will pass, but there's a bedrock to your life which is deeper and stronger, which you know will remain forever, and that's the joy that you have in Christ Jesus. And so it's possible to be angry and sad and frustrated and grieving and disappointed and at the same time experience joy. It is possible to feel two things at the same time. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So our fleeting emotions, these changing times and seasons, are no measure of 
how things are tracking for us in terms of our growth in Christ. The measure for our growth in Christ is whether we're growing in joy, whether that bedrock of strength, that kind of deep, deep inner strength that gives us hope for the future, whether that is, is growing stronger, and whether we're actually walking in obedience flowing out of that love and that joy that we have in Christ. Our growth should be measured not by works of the law, but our, our faith and our friendship with Christ, which is then overflowing into obedience. How are we all doing? Now, I set some homework last week, didn't I? I said, hey guys, could I ask you to spend a week just reading through John 15 and doing some of the things that we practiced last week, tuning into his voice, asking him to speak, waiting, listening. Did anyone have a go at that? Yeah, there's a few people. I wonder, is anyone brave enough right now just to stand up, we'll get you a microphone, and is there anything, anyone here that experienced something new in Christ this week as you did that? Or that, or that maybe Jesus revealed something to you throughout the week that was a blessing to you. It doesn't have to be a mind-blowing story, maybe something very simple. Anybody? Yeah, Heather? Um, I did as you said, and I prayed and, um, and just was quiet for a while. And God put the words of an old hymn into my mind. And I went to the hymn book and searched to get the words right. And it was all about just being led by the Spirit to do his will and being ready uh, to accept that. Mm. And uh, I just felt that that was a confirmation from God for what I was praying. Awesome, awesome. Lovely. Thank you, Heather. Anybody else? Anyone else? Come on, there's got to be more than one. I know Heather's very brave. Anybody else? Yep. All right, Alan. Yes, um, uh, I'm impatient. Uh, I have quite a few things. And during the week, um, I have a little uh, devotions book called uh, Good Morning God, and there's a message in it for every day. And the message during the week was to... um, Caution, no, not to caution, to um, help me with this problem of, of being impatient. Learning how to um, deal with the situation, uh, to have uh, joy even though it's annoying me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a lot of practice for me anyway. So... Uh, I, try, I, I uh, made the decision to try harder uh, to overcome this impatience and to enjoy the joy. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you, Alan. I know that there's more of you because I got a whole bunch of emails from people through the week. But hey, I won't persist. We'll get there. But thank you to those of you who did email me, including Heather, uh, just to share what God had been speaking to you guys uh, throughout the week as you did this. And what, I'm, what I've been really trying to emphasize here um, is that it should be really simple, that it's not complicated. I want this to be accessible to everybody. I've tried very hard not to over-theologize this uh, or to put too many steps in place. I really do think that for everyone, if we just take time to wait and listen and rest, that uh, we will grow in these things, 
that as we, as we tune in to the voice of the Father, he will speak to us through the Spirit. And we looked at a whole bunch of different ways that the, the Spirit does that. Um, won't go through those again. You can watch last week's sermon if you want to check those out, if you didn't. And of course, a question often comes up, how do I know it's the Lord? Well, there's an incredible promise, I think, that Jesus gives us when he teaches on prayer in Luke 11, and that is that when we, just like all of us, he says to those listening, even though you fathers are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Um, if, if your son or your daughter came to you and asked for fish or for bread, are you going to give them a snake or a scorpion? Of course not. So if we turn to the Father and we're earnestly asking uh, and earnestly waiting, kind of that active posture of waiting, I want to hear from you, Lord. I want to hear your voice. I want to grow in these things. Is God going to give us a snake or a scorpion? You know, is he going to give us something that we don't want? No. He's going to give us exactly what we need. He will give us bread from heaven. He will give us life in the Spirit. He will speak to us. It may take some time for us to recognize his voice, but if we persist and keep asking, we will start to hear and we will be led by the Spirit. This is what Jesus says in John 15. If our desire is to love Christ and do what he commands, then we can ask for anything in his name and he'll do it. Now that phrase, in his name, doesn't mean we can use his name like a magic word, but just in Jesus' name and I get everything I want when I ask it. I mean, that would destroy us. The, the, the phrase, in his name, means in accordance to, or in according to, oh, sorry, according to his name, or according to his will. So the, I think what we're being invited into here is a relationship, uh, a friendship with Christ, where we inquire of his will by the Spirit. We hear what he wants uh, to do in and through us. We respond to that with obedience, and he will move through us in power. He will do what our hearts desire, which is to love him. He will do in us what our hearts desire, which is to love him and to be obedient to his will. I think that's what Jesus is promising us here, that this will happen for everyone who asks. It's not meant to be complicated. It's something available to all of us. So, here's my third F word. Faith, friendship, follow. If we want to walk in the Spirit, we need to do what He commands. If He speaks to you, you need to do what He says. This is how it grows. We, we walk by faith, we grow in friendship, and then as we listen to the voice of the Spirit, if he tells us to do something, if we want to keep growing in this, then we need to be obedient to what he says. I know that's amazingly complicated, but I think it's something that, as simple as it may be, needs to be reminded, needs to be said, because how, we're also warned in a couple of different places in, in Paul's letters, in Ephesians 4, he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, do not quench the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit or we can grieve the Spirit by refusing to listen. We can grieve the Spirit or quench the Spirit by not doing what the Spirit is instructing us to do, by not being obedient. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You felt like the Lord spoke to you um, uh, and you didn't do it for whatever reason, either willful disobedience or fear or because you just didn't want to. Uh, and you know later on, you experience that conviction 
And in my experience, if I give in to those moments and I don't do what the Spirit is asking me to do, if I don't follow his lead, then next time it gets harder to hear his voice. And I have to restore and repair that relationship. Because the Holy Spirit, although he's God, he is also a person, right? And so we relate to him as a person. So if we offend him, if we grieve him, um, if we are willfully disobedient to something that he's instructing us to do, then we need to, we, we will, you know, we will uh, push him out, we'll push him away, we'll quench him, we'll grieve him. And so then it becomes harder to hear his voice and to follow his lead in the future. So what we have to do is repent, ask for forgiveness, restore that relationship, and then, uh, in a sense, just like we would with any other person, kind of rebuild that trust. And we ask again for the Holy Spirit to lead us, to speak to us, and if we're willing to step into that and follow his lead, we'll start to grow again. We'll start to experience that joy and that life uh, as we follow his leading. I remember uh, a number of years ago when I was first wanting to grow in these things. Um, it started when I heard a story told by one of my Bible college lecturers who himself was on a journey of learning to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. And he was asking, Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Um, speak to me. I want to be obedient to your will. I want to follow your lead. So he, uh, as he was praying these things, he was just asking for the Spirit to speak in ordinary ways in the midst of his ordinary day. And as he was driving to work one morning, he felt like the Lord said to him, you've left your socks on the bathroom floor. And he's like, what, what has that got to do with anything? But it, this, this thought would not go away. It was persisting. You have left your socks on the bathroom floor. And he recalled that just a couple of days earlier, he'd had a conversation with his wife where she had complained about this behavior. <laughs> and he'd said, I'll, I'll try to do better. I'll try to remember to pick up after myself. He promised to do that. And as he's driving to work, this thought dropped into his head, which he felt was from the Holy Spirit, you need to go home and pick up your socks. And he's like, well, this doesn't feel very spiritual. This doesn't feel very godly or holy. This isn't what I was expecting. And as he's wrestling with God over this, eventually he gives in and he says, all right, I'm going to go home, I'm going to pick up my socks, and then I'm going to, guess, I'm going to turn around and go back to work. So he does that. He goes home, he picks up his socks, puts them in the dirty clothes basket, and then as he's driving back to work, he had an overwhelming sense from the Lord uh, of, that, of those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And there was a sense of joy. And there was a sense of, oh, okay, I can hear the Lord and I can respond. In this very simple, uh, in this very simple way. So I'm hearing this story and I'm thinking, okay, if, that's, if it's that simple, then I guess I can do that. I guess I can hear God's voice too. And so I was praying about this, and it was a couple of days later, I was sitting in a park, and it was about uh, early evening, so it was starting to get dark, it wasn't completely dark, but it was about, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock. And I'm sitting in this park and I'm praying, and I'm saying, Lord, I want to hear your voice too. I want to be able to respond to your leading, just as Jesus promised. And I had this moment where I felt like, 
as I was kind of looking around, I saw this door with, uh, you know, there was a house there and there's a door and there's a light shining through this door. And I felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to go over to that door, knock on it, and tell the person who answers that I love them. Now, I was living in a part of Sydney at the time that wasn't the best area you can live in. And I'm thinking, God, if I do that, first of all, I'm thinking, is this really you? Gosh, uh, this can't be God. No, this, so I'm starting to talk myself out of it. Now, I know that the Lord has spoken to me, but I go through those mental gymnastics where I'm thinking, no, this can't be the Lord. It was just something I ate. But the thought <laughs> wouldn't go away. And I think you know when it's the Lord speaking to you when this, something pops into your mind that you wouldn't have ordinarily thought of on your own terms, but it will not go away. It keeps persisting. And so I'm wrestling with this. It's probably a good half an hour before I work up the courage to actually do what I felt like the Lord was telling me to do. So I get up. I'm, what, 18 or so. I walk over to this house thinking, I think, I think this ends in my early death. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get knifed. But I knock on the door. And this shadowy person, I couldn't quite see them because the, it was one of those security glass or security doors. I couldn't quite see their face, but the shadowy figure appears. And they're like, uh, yes? And I said, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I was just sitting in the park praying and I felt like God told me to come here and just tell you that he knows you and he loves you. That's all. <laughs> and then I hightailed it out of there. <laughs> I didn't wait to find out what would happen next. But as I was walking away, I felt like the Lord said to me, same thing that he said to my lecturer, well done. There was a sense of joy and um, lightness and gladness in my spirit as I, I did what the Lord asked me to do. And then I found that as I grew in those things, it was easier and easier over time to hear his voice and my capacity to be obedient grew as well. It's, I don't think it's uh, the, you know, the situation that if you ask for these things that the Lord is going to the first time tell you, I want you to pack up your whole family and move to India and start mission work. It starts with very simple things. And here's what I want to encourage you with this morning, that um, this call to cultivate communication and conversation with God, what Paul calls prayer without ceasing, is less about just having a short devotional at the beginning of the day. But I actually think it's, it's, it's about learning to bring God into every part of our day, learning to bring God into every part of what we're doing. Not just having a little sacred moment first thing in the morning, although that can be very helpful, reading some scripture, waiting on the Lord, very powerful, very helpful. But I think that should just be the beginning point of what you do throughout the rest of the day, bringing God into your work, bringing God into your commute, bringing God into your shower, bringing God into your breakfast time. So when you're, when you're doing other things, be in constant communication with the Lord. There's a... Um, 
A Christian writer, G.K. Chesterton, who wrote this about 100 years ago, uh, one of my favorite quotes of his, he said, you say grace before meals, all right, but I say grace before the concert and the opera and grace before the play and the pantomime and grace before I open a book and grace before sketching and painting and swimming and fencing and boxing and walking and playing and dancing and grace before I dip the pen in ink. I think this capacity to cultivate uh, open and continual communication with the Lord is something that uh, really helps us to grow in these things. So instead of thinking of uh, church or your devotional time as just the spiritual bit, start to think of everything you do as a moment that has capacity to be sacred and spiritual. Preparing your breakfast, having a shower, commuting to work, sitting at your desk, before you send an email, when you're talking to your colleagues, when you're driving home, when you're taking your kids to sport, uh, when you're watching your kids play sport, um, you know, when you're sitting at home watching television, bring God into all of these moments. Open your heart to him throughout the day. This, this idea of practicing the presence of God becomes so powerful and important. And as we learn to do that, uh, he will speak to us continually and direct our steps and enable us uh, to walk in his will. In other words, friends, I think bathing everything in prayer until prayer becomes a kind of second nature. And then this natural, supernatural life in the Spirit will begin to overflow out of us as we grow in confidence and faith. Now, as I finish here this morning, I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And he writes this in verse 4. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, not of the law, not of works of the flesh, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. I'm going to invite you to stand with me and we're going to take a moment to pray together. I might invite the band to come on up. So let's just close our eyes and pray out of what Jesus promises in John 15. Abide in me as I abide in you. Lord, teach me to love others, to love my neighbors. Lord, teach me to be obedient. Teach me to abide. Teach me to love. Teach me to obey. Just take a moment where you're standing. And we practice this a couple of weeks now. I encourage you to open up your hands to the Lord. Open up your hands to the Lord. And just come before your Father in a posture of surrender. And as we wait, 
where the Holy Spirit is calling to us to be men and women who keep in step with Him, who walk in Him. And some of you this morning just need to take a moment to do what I was speaking about before, which is that there have been times in your life you felt the Holy Spirit speaking to you, guiding you, but you've rejected His guidance. You've been willfully disobedient to what you felt the Spirit was leading you to do. And there's been a grieving, a quenching of the Holy Spirit in your life. To quench means to put out, to pour water on the the fires of the Holy Spirit which once burned brightly in your soul have become diminished. So Lord, we come before you honestly, we ask for your forgiveness. Where we've grieved you, Holy Spirit, where we've quenched you, where we've pushed you away, where we've rejected you, we ask for you to meet us in those places as we we pray that our relationship with you, friendship with you would be restored. Give us ears to hear your voice again. restore to us the joy of our salvation. Come, Holy Spirit. We wait on you. Lord, we ask that we would be reconciled with you. And we want to walk in love, Father want to walk in the love of Jesus, and we want to be obedient to his will, to follow his lead. I'm just going to ask right now that even at this very moment, the Holy Spirit might take you back to a place in your life that you need to address with him. Maybe you've been running from for many, many years.
feel like the Holy Spirit is saying there's a couple of you here, even right now, that, that He is speaking to. He's reminding you of someone that you deeply offended, you deeply wounded by your actions. And He's putting His, He's drawing His attention to that. He wants you to, He wants you to deal with that. He wants to work through you to bring healing to that. we're here, we're going to spend a couple more minutes in this space and then we're going to sing. If your desire is, we've all got our eyes closed, but if your desire is to love Jesus with all your heart, like you want to, you've known what it's like to be in that place, but it's been too long really since you can you know, honestly say, I really love Jesus with all my heart. As simple as that is. If that's you this morning, just raise your hands and say, Lord, work in me. Pour out your love in me. And Romans 5 says that even the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, we claim that this morning, Lord, pour out your love into our hearts. Set us ablaze again with love for you. So that we long to walk in your ways, to be obedient to your will, to do what you command, not as a burden, but as a joy. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Soften our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord. Soften our hearts. Take away our hearts of stone. Give us hearts of flesh. Thank you, Jesus. start to thank him for the good things he's done in your life. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my family. I thank you for all the things you've blessed me with. I thank you for my, for my job. I thank you for my home. Thank you for your faithfulness to me over years and years. 
Thank you, Jesus. One thing I want to do before we finish up, and that is I want to pray for anyone who needs prayer for healing this morning. I felt all morning as I've just been waiting on the Lord. I got up quite early. I was just sitting with the Lord this morning and felt almost as I began to pray today that he wants to do some healing in our midst. So if there's anyone here that needs prayer for healing, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm not going to ask you to tell us what it is. I just want you to raise your hand where you are and wherever people are around you. If you see a hand raised up, just reach your hand toward them. Uh, if you're standing next to you, maybe just kind of pop your hand on their shoulder. So let's, if you need healing this morning, physical healing, uh, just raise up your hand. Anybody? We've got one down here, one at the back there. Thank you. So if those around, can't see who that is, but that gentleman down there, we've got one right at the very back. Just gather around, um, turn around. Yep, let's move around. Let's look. Let's see who needs to be prayed for this morning and can reach your hand toward them. We've got one over here, three, actually three over there. So folks, just look to see who's around you. Turn around, look around, see if there's a hand in the air. There's a couple of people down the back on the left or my left. Let's reach our hand toward them. So we've got someone, I think, is that Chris? No, I can't see who that is, but... There's a, someone over here with their hand up that hasn't got anyone reaching their hand toward them. Let's do this as a community. Anyone over this side? I can't see the lights in my eyes. No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, there's a gentleman right here. Maybe uh, if there's a few folks over there just want to come over here and uh, reach your hands toward this gentleman just right here. Come on, guys. Let's, uh, anyone over that side, just come and move over here into the middle. And reach your hand toward this, this man. All right. Awesome. So let's pray. Jesus, you are the great physician. You know our bodies much better than we do. You know every part of us, every detail. Lord, move in power now on those who need healing today in Jesus' name. Move in power, Lord. Come touch their bodies with your light, with your love with your healing power. Whatever the situation is, whatever the condition is, Lord, touch their bodies now. Bring your healing. Shoulder pain, back pain, heart conditions, lung conditions, brain conditions, dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, knee pain. I feel to pray for if I can pronounce this correctly, endometriosis. I feel like there's someone here this morning that is 
suffering with that condition. I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for broken hearts this morning. For anyone here who's actually suffering physical conditions because of deep grief and trauma, Holy Spirit, move in their souls, in their hearts right now and bring healing in Jesus' name. And relieve the physical symptoms as you pour out your love, you remind us that we are a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're so good. Keep working deeply in each person that we're praying for this morning. Work deeply in them. And in all of us, in the name of Jesus, restore us all to the joy of our salvation. Thank you, Father. You are so good. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.